Welcome to Sophisticated Mom, and I'm your host, Dr. Sophia, the creator of the Christian lifestyle blog, SophisticatedMom.com. I will break down faith-based advice and make it applicable and relatable to help you on your journey on this thing we call life. You'll learn everything you need to know on how to become the master of your own destiny. God's timing is perfect, never early, never late. I know this is not something that we always want to hear. We want to know now. We don't understand why we have to wait. Is God lying to us? What is taking so long and is God going to come through on the things that he said he was going to come through with? I know I'm not the only Christian that has felt this way. It is very easy to get upset with God because we do not understand what in the world is taking him so long. Waiting for God to come through on what he said he would do for you can be daunting and it takes a lot of trust. Before we get into the exact reasons why God's timing is perfect, never early, never late, even when you feel like it is, I want to take a quote from Rachel Hollis's book, Girl, Wash Your Face, because she says something that I could not have said better myself, and you can click the link in this blog post to buy her book. God has perfect timing. That is what it boils down to, faith. The belief that your life will unfold as it was meant to, even when it unfolds into something painful and difficult to navigate. Big dreams shouldn't have expiration dates. How many of you felt like God was lying to you and telling you that he would fulfill a promise when he had no intentions of filling his promises? How many of you are questioning if God's timing is perfect or if he's just lying to you? Or perhaps you might think that you could not have possibly heard God right because things are taking so long. You must be wrong on what you heard. This brings me to my first reason that God has perfect timing. God is not a liar. God is not a human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? Numbers 23, 19. The reason that we think God is not going to fulfill his promise is that you may be thinking God is taking too long. It's not happening on your timing and God is not doing what you want him to, how you want him to do it. Think about this. If you know that God has told you that he was going to do something, and if we know from the above Bible verse that he is not going to tell you something because he wants to just sit around and lie to you, the conclusion that we can draw is that God is going to do what he said he will simply because he said it, but also know that he will do it at the right time. And since we know that God is not a liar, we have to trust that the reason why he is not doing what we want from him to do at this very second is that it is not the right time. All we have to do is wait and trust. And that is what we call faith, folks. Which brings me to my next point. God's timing is perfect, so have faith. Trusting God is something that God wants you to do, but it is easier said than done. It could be so hard to learn how to trust God when everything around you is going wrong or when it looks like nothing is happening. As humans, we have senses and it is easy to believe in things that we can see, feel, or touch. It can be hard to trust in the Lord when you really don't know what he is doing or where he is leading you. The key to learning how to trust that God will fulfill his promises is that you are choosing to have faith. And faith is the biggest thing that comes along with this whole Christian thing. No matter how long things are taking, no matter what your situation looks like with the bare eye, no matter if it looks like something is never going to happen in a thousand years, 
You are choosing to believe that God can do what he told you he can do, knowing it will happen solely because God said it would. And God wants you to have this unconditional trust in him that says, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know when things are happening and I don't care. I know that you, God, are doing something and I will just trust that things will come to pass when you want them to. You can check out my video below on turning fear into faith. And also don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Point number three, remember who God is. When God is giving us everything that we want and answering our prayers as soon as we pray them, then everything is all good in our eyes, right? But what happens when God told you something, such as a purpose, marriage, child, or a situation that you have been waiting for to come to pass, and months go by, weeks go by, and then years go by, and it still has not happened yet? Will you still be able to trust God then? Probably not. It is within our human nature to forget the things that God has done for us and dwell on what has not yet come to pass. When God tells you something, it's exciting. At first, you will go full speed ahead, all happy, waiting for the promise that God has told you to come to pass. But then days, weeks, months, and then years, and then you start to think, did I hear God right? Is this fill-in-the-blank really going to happen? We start to get mad at God, wondering when the promise will start to pass or even doubting that it will come to pass at all. Take Abraham. God made this promise to him. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and will give them all the lands and through your offspring, all the nations on earth will be blessed. Genesis 26, 4. I am sure that Abraham was so hyped. He was going to have these descendants as many as the stars, but then he started to get old. His wife started to get old. Her childbearing years were over and he thought there was no way God could fulfill his promise. It is not even biologically possible at this point. Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? Genesis 17:17. 17, 17. The moral of this story is that Abraham knew that he heard from God, but then he thought that perhaps he heard God wrong. Perhaps all this waiting and trusting in the Lord that they were doing was in vain. God did not really mean that Sarah and Abraham were going to have a child out of her own womb. Maybe he meant something else. Maybe God meant Ishmael from Hagar and not the biological child from him and Sarah. It's just not possible. How could it be possible because Sarah could not physically have children? But guess what? God did come through on his promise. It did not matter what physical limitations, biological limitations, or worldly limitation that he faced. It did not matter how much time had passed or if everything seemed impossible. If God spoke it, then it was going to happen even when it seemed like nothing was happening. Remember who God is. He does not look at the clock in order to dictate what he can and cannot do. God does not look at a situation looking impossible to dictate what he can and cannot do. He simply can do whatever he wants whenever he wants despite all the odds around him and things looking impossible because he is God. Point number four, God doesn't need your help. While we are on the story of Abraham and Sarah, I have to let all of you out there know that God will fulfill his promise and it does not need your help to do it. He does need your trust and your faith, but not your help. Remember when I spoke about Abraham and Sarah and remember how impossible they thought it was going to be to have a child? 
Because they did not choose to believe God, but chose to lean on their own understanding, Sarah took it upon herself to tell her husband to sleep with her servant Hagar in order to conceive. You can check out my full story about Hagar in my other single mom's blog. I really felt bad for her in the fact that she was a servant made to sleep with someone else's husband and then she had a child and then Sarah hates her for it. When Sarah was the one who made Hagar sleep with Abraham in the first place. Isn't that crazy? But back to trying to force God's hand and so Sarah said, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Genesis 16.1 There are two takeaways from this verse. Sarah said that the Lord has prevented her from having children, which is so backward since the Lord was the one who promised her children. So not only did she not believe God was going to fulfill his promise, but she also blamed God for the reason why she was not having children. And so Ishmael was born. This type of forcing God will start all types of problems. Sarah and Hagar were at war and forcing God's will brought about more torment on her than she would have thought. She was forced to share her husband. In this direct disobedience of God's will, God stopped talking to Abraham for over a decade. When deciding to trust God and waiting on him to fulfill his promise, there are times when we feel we must act and there are times in which you need to sit yourself down and trust God, as I said in the beginning. When you learn how to trust God, he wants you to trust him even when things seem impossible. That grows your faith. It hurts because we do not want to wait. We want what we want now and when we don't get it, we think that God has lied to us or we try to make something happen. Even though trying to make something happen on your own seems like the most obvious answer, it is also the opposite of trusting God and taking things into our own hands. God does not need our help to make his promises come to pass. He is God. He can do things all on his own. Also check out my video below on if you are following or resisting God's plan for your life. Point number five, learn to look beyond what you see. Going back to the story of Abraham, when he finally got his golden child, Isaac, God told Abraham to go and offer his only son as a sacrifice. In lamest terms, God basically told Abraham to go kill his son, Isaac, the one that he waited all this time for so that Abraham could prove that he loved God more than he loved what God had promised him. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice them as a burnt offering on the mountains, I will show you, Genesis 22.1. We have to backtrack a bit. We know that God told Abraham that he was going to have descendants as much as the stars. How can that be if his only descendant is dead? So there had to be an element of faith on the part of Abraham and Isaac. Historians agree that Isaac had to be around 30 years old when this happened. Abraham had to trust that somehow God was going to change his mind about killing Isaac or after killing Isaac, God would somehow miraculously do a resurrection from the dead. Isaac being a grown man had to trust that his father was a man of God and that it was going to somehow work out in the end because I'm sure that Isaac knew the promises of God, that he was a descendant that God had promised and God always fulfills his promises. Isaac and Abraham could look at the surface or what was happening or what was happening, which meant that Isaac was going to die or believe God no matter what the situation appeared to be on the outside. 
He submitted to being tied up and was more than likely looking at a dagger in his father's hand ready to kill him. He had to trust that somehow, some way, he was not going to die that day, despite what was going on around him. When they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar and there arranged wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took a knife and to slay his son. Genesis 22, 10 through 11. Can you trust the Lord that much? If I were Isaac, my father would have been chasing me up and down the mountainside if he had told me he was going to tie me up, kill me, and that this was somehow God's will. That somehow God's promise would still stand firm. You should have the same faith as both Isaac and Abraham that God fulfills his promises. You have to believe that if God has told you something, you have to trust that he is going to fulfill it. If Isaac, who thought he was going to die, was tied up looking at his father with a knife still had faith, then so can you. God's timing is perfect final thoughts. God is not a liar, and if he said it, he will fulfill it. You have to look beyond what you see and know that God is going to do whatever it is he told you he was going to do. You have to trust that God's timing is the best time, and most importantly, you cannot look at your circumstances, situation, or wonder who, what, where, when, and why. God is going to fulfill his promises. That is for him to worry about, not you. Do not be like Sarah trying to take things into your own hands because you are tired of waiting on God, creating an Ishmael, creating more drama, and leaving new situations behind, and now God has to clean up the mess you created. Learn to trust God and know that God fulfills his promises. Whatever you are waiting for will come to pass. It has to. If you know someone that really needs to hear this encouragement, then don't be selfish and feel free to share it with them. Last but not least, if you need a little pick-me-up and some faith, then get my Christian Manifestation Guide with Bible verses and affirmations that will help you stay true to the promises of God. Just click the link at the bottom of this blog post.